Houston for that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yo, the discussion is definitely going to be robust tonight. Yo, Code Keepers, I got my man Dan Trez only back on the platform. Honored. Yes, Honored from the Where My Killer Tape At podcast. Yes, yo, how many episodes and seasons do you have now, bro? I'm in season eight. Uh, episode I just did episode 145 was about the woman king. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. And my and my good brother, my other good brother from another mother, Minister Zumbi Shawala. How you doing, good bro? Peace. Okay. Okay. So code keepers, we're gonna talk about uh we're gonna talk about Wakanda forever. We're gonna talk about the woman king. And I know you're thinking, what's this have to do with empowerment? <laughs> That's simple. What's this have to do with black empowerment? Stay tuned. All right. Welcome to Get On Code, the Fly Guy Show, which is a series of melanated conversations focused on empowerment, health, wealth, and knowledge of self. People think in binary choices because they are conditioned to. And on the wall was a picture of a wolf and a lion. I think the wolf was the Democratic Party, the lion was the Republicans. But the drug trade and all these illegal stuff that uh, people do, that's still economics. It's just that they couldn't do it in a traditional system. We're talking about melanated wealth. So we can build wealth, but we just, for some reason, don't seem to be able to transfer it. You had a great experience. Fine. That means nothing. What were you told as a child about education? You had to be how many times better? Every impression without an expression becomes depression. Word up. Empowerment forever. Wakanda forever. Yeah. <laughs> Black yeah. Fist forever. Hey, co-keepers, I got my man Dan Trez. I got Minister Zumbi. And we're going to jump right on into it. I mean, because these brothers were just going off. Um, Wakanda forever. The Woman King. Where's the empowerment message? What's all the hidden jewels? And hey, just to let you know, Dan Trez already notified me. This is a spoiler-filled episode. I say it right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a spoiler-filled episode of Get On Code as we're dealing with Wakanda Forever and The Woman King. Hopefully, you've seen both of them. Yes, I've seen both of them, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've seen me. um, You tuned in now to see Woman King in the theater. Matter of fact, because of Woman King, I took up the rope dart. So now I'm working on mastering the rope dart because of the Woman King. So yeah, that scene where the scene where she tells her mom, where she tells her mom, "Hey, hold on, I got these two white dudes right here." And she takes out the rope dart and she's choo 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 choo. I was like, you know what? I'm taking up the rope dart. So I made one. I made a practice <laughs> one, and I've been working on it Monday through. I, I got with my students and I said, "Hey, this is my smart goal for the month of November." I'm going to practice money through Friday, and I'm going to learn that rope part. I'll be just as nice as a sister in the movie. So, yeah. Yo, that's dope. That's dope. Hold up, hold up. You said that's your, your, your smart goal. goals. You know, I teach my students how to do smart goals. When they have a goal, I have them write out a smart goal. And I was, and I always give them an example mm. of one that I'm doing. So I have to lay out the smart goals, and then they see, and they, 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 hold, me, they, they hold me accountable. Mm. All right. All right. So, for those who are uninitiated, tell us what the acronym SMART stands for when we talk about a SMART goal. Um, it changes around, but is a uh, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-based. So if you write out a goal, it has to meet those five criteria. If it meets those five criteria, it's a smart goal, and you can hold yourself accountable to accomplish that goal. So, yeah. I'll show you that. Let's jump back into it, man. We were just chatting. I had to stop the conversation. <laughs> Wakanda forever. 
and the woman king both bring up some really interesting conversations you know so zumba you were just talking about how some of our um fair-skinned latinx latino hispanic family are upset that there was a melanated brother who took over Namor's spot? You know, let's talk about that, man. Won't you? Won't you guys dive deep into that? Tell me about it, because I didn't know about that part. Yeah, there's been some um, some YouTube dialogue uh, about that. In fact, earlier this evening, I came across an article from Vox, V O X, and it actually talked about uh, white skinned Latinos having an issue with this brown skin, dark skin, and I think the brother said he's of Mexican uh, heritage. And they're actually screaming discrimination. Now, what was interesting in the article, when you read it, the, the gentleman who portrayed Namor in Wakanda, guess what he said? He says that the only time they want to get us brown skin, dark skin folks is to fill the roles of criminals, yep. villains, prostitutes, dope dealers. I said, wait a minute, I've heard this conversation before. Okay, so now you've got colorism going on within the Spanish speaking community, which, which is an interesting or an unexpected dynamic to come from Wakanda Forever. I, I wanna point out that, um, I, you, that you are very correct about that. Mm. Um, um, the brother's name is um, um, damn, what's his name? Now, anyway, he previously when he when he we you know he's a he's very well known in in Latin America. Um, he's a big star, mm. but in the okay. United States, he got his first role playing a drug lord. Mm. You know what I mean? So you're right. He you know yeah he, he got his first start doing it. Um, yeah, yep. You know, and, and I thought it was interesting when he mentioned that. That's why I said, wait a minute. You know, I've heard this dialogue before, but this is the first time I've heard it coming out of that community. And, and the colorism issue. But in a way, I shouldn't be surprised because if you go back to the uh, foundation of the Young Lords, that those were a couple of the main things that they wanted to address was the colorism and the sexism within that community. I think it's just kind of interesting. And Dan Trez, you know, we've had a conversation where you shared that, you know, where your family has uh, some heavy roots, Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. You said colorism is so thick you could cut it with a knife. Mm -hmm. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. And, and I want I want to point out that his name is Tenoch Huerta. I want to point out that he doesn't play a Latinx character. He plays a a, a a Mayan character, an indigenous character. So when I hear people, Latin, Latinx people getting upset, I'm like, well, he's not playing a Latinx character. He's playing a, an indigenous character. Um, they're very clear about that. I mean, even the time period of his origin story is very clear that they predate even that terminology. Right. So he plays an indigenous. He doesn't even speak Spanish in the, in the movie. He speaks Mayan, you know. Mm. Hmm. Man, I, so, so, so what are some of the, you know, Dan, you know, your family's from DR. Mm -hmm. So... What are some of the other things that are coming out of the uh, Latino, Hispanic, Latinx community that uh, deals with Black Panther? Erasure, indigenous people erasure. That's what that's what that's what I see happening when I see Latinx people claiming or 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 not claiming or or claiming that Tenochtitlan took took somebody's job. 
I'm like, you're erasing indigenous culture. You know what I mean? You're, that's what you're doing because he's not playing somebody Latinx. You're erasing indigenous culture. That's what y'all doing. Um, you know, I know that Teno Suerta is of Mexican descent, but there is an Afro Latinx person in the movie. You know, Lupita Nyongo was born and raised in Mexico, but nobody wants to talk about that. But you know, we don't, Yo. need, we don't need to go there. We don't need to Yo. go there. Yo, anybody that's Afro Latinx is her, right? She speaks very good Spanish, by the way. She speaks better Spanish than I do. Oh, yeah. Do it up, sis. Yeah. Do it up, sis. That's now she, she can she can actually speak like that's that's like the first language she learned. Like she's first, she was born and raised in Mexico. Mm. So she's yeah. when, when people be like, oh, there's no Afro Latinx, and I'm like, uh, Lupita Nyongo. But well, what are you talking about? <laughs> you, know, the kids, like, you know what I'm saying? Like you know so. <laughs> Right, right. Hey, look, this is a hop-on show, so we're allowing folks to hop on and leave their comments. You can leave your comments in the comment section, or you can do like the good brother Con, Conrad Shesventer, the newly married Conrad Shesventer oh, from congratulations. the Beach Brothers show. Uh, hey, Con, uh, <laughs> hey, man, we're talking about empowerment, we're talking about the woman king, and we're talking about Wakanda forever. So give us your thoughts real quick, man. What were your empowerment-based thoughts on both movies or one of the movies? I know you took your wife out to see Woman King twice. I mean, uh, um, what kind of? We did not see Woman King twice, um, but we did see the Woman King at one point in the year, and uh, what kind of forever um, on the opening night. Um, I'd say that in terms of empowerment, both in the fact that it's more based on uh, a history telling. Woman King um, underscores that a little bit more than Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Even though you can't escape those threads still in that movie as well. All you need to do is look at um, the advent of Riri. and shows that this is something that is going to be really important to that um, section of the movie. And, and Marvel is Black women being powerful, especially with their mind. And you got to see um, the real version of, well, uh, if I only read this week that the Dora was only introduced in the comics in the 1990s anyway. That's correct. But um, it was, I, I can't pronounce the word. I'm not going to try and butcher it. I don't want to be accused of any cultural appropriation type stuff here. But uh, the... <laughs> yeah, stay, stay in, in your white boy place. Stay in your white boy place. Yeah. <laughs> the, the homemade was the... The country, I think, but oh, not okay. the name of the actual um, warriors. Um, yeah, cool. yeah. um, Christopher Priest did not did not get inspired by the Okoji. Really? Yeah, he has many interviews where he talks about that. Not way before, way before even Black Panther was something that we're going to do in the movies. He's talked very clearly about it. Matter of fact, if you if you purchase Volume One of the uh, Christopher Priest run, they got two volumes of it. He talks about it in there, but he's very clear that he's never said that's where he got it from. People are saying that now, like when Black Panther came out, mm -hmm. they were saying that the Okoji was what inspired Dora Milaje. Uh, and let me say this. I'm a big fan of Christopher Priest, but he's not a Pan-Africanist. Let me just say that right now. I love Chris, I love all his work. I love all his work, but he's not a Pan-Africanist. He didn't get he did not get that from there. People, I don't know where that I don't know where that that idea came from, that rumor, but people have been running with it since Black Panther. So are you saying that there's a rumor that the Agoji was inspired by the Okoji? 
Mm. Yeah. Mm. Dora Milaje was inspired by your culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Matter matter of fact, matter of fact, we want to go to the comic book lore if you want to go there. All the right. The key is a villain in the comic book. So mm-hmm. like, yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. You know, one of the things yeah. I thought was really kind of intriguing is, you know, in the comic book, uh, you know, T'Challa has his son with Storm, right? Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Huh. He. That's an alternate reality. I'm telling you, y'all don't want to go there with me. That's <laughs> yes, we do. Reality to Shala. They don't have kids the yet. They don't have kids yet. They they don't have kids yet. They're not even married anymore. You know what I'm saying? They're not even married anymore. They're divorced. Um, but that's a different alternate reality. He has a son in an alternate reality. Yeah. Mm, All right. Okay. In the alternate reality, did he have the son with Storm? With Storm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so mm. I was ha- I get half points. Yeah, let's, let's, you know what? Let, you know what? That was my fault. That was my fault because I opened it up to the comic. My bad, Conrad. My bad, uh, Seku. I've opened it. You know, I'm a comic book geek. You know, I know. You know, you know, I know my stuff. And by the way, if if we want to go there, check out Protectors of Wakanda, written by his sister. You know what I mean? And it tells you the history of Dora Milaje and the history of Wakanda. All the monarchs who were Black Panthers, all that is in there. Check it out. It's really dope. Um, That's Horn, all of their present to me. Yeah, so okay. Yeah, this is this is dope. Yeah, Conrad, you might want to buy that for that uh wifey sitting yeah, next to She would enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but let, let's get let's bring it back to empowerment. So <clears throat> this image that we see on the screen now, I always mispronounce the name. It's a goji. A koji, yeah, koji. A koji. Yeah. Okay. A goji, isn't that a uh that's a uh, anime person, right? <laughs> nah, you think I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yo, know, I get it all mixed up. Oh man, is this the empowerment that we needed? Is this the visual empowerment that sisters needed, or is this some other stuff? Because I've heard a lot of back and forth on the Akoji and the yeah. way well, they well, were. Go ahead. Go ahead. The first thing I'm gonna say, the first thing I'm gonna say is that I I love both movies. I love both movies a lot. Um, but it's Hollywood. You gotta remember that it's Hollywood, right? Mm. And what I tell people is that for me in my personal life, those two movies are just are just a reinforcement of what we of what I'm already me and my family and my community are already doing. You know what I mean? So so to, to the mainstream, to the mainstream black, you know, black people in the diaspora, the mainstream, a lot of this information is new to them. But this is something that a lot of us are already doing. When we're talking about the ancestral plane, we're talking about libations. When we're talking about um, a, not 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 that the not that there's a monarchy, but there's a there's a council of elders that that kind of like help shape policy. You know what I mean? That's a very African West African concept. We, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like we was calling people Baba, all that stuff. That's stuff that's always been with us. To everybody else is a new thing, you know what I mean? But for us, it's always been there. Women have always held us up. Um, whether we're talking about, you know, the Black Power Movement, whether we're talking about slavery, women have always held our community up and continue to do so. So it's to me, if anything, it's a reinforcement of that. Um, and, you know, y- yes, there's some things in history that we have either have forgotten or has been has been deliberately taken from us and those things need to be discussed and i think the woman king um there was a lot of people that were saying that they left out the issue of slavery but when i saw the movie the discussion of slavery was central to the plot 
And I think yeah. and, and and I think every every person that had a dialogue brought up slavery. You know what I mean? Either they either they were victims of it, they participated in it, or they just were beneficiaries on the side. And everybody was kind of like discuss that was a consistent discussion. Don't get me wrong, the ending, they didn't tell you what happened. It kind of was like a happy ending, but yeah, we all know the history of it. But the, the, the discussion of slavery and their involvement or the disinvolvement was central to the plot. Yeah. All right, but Zumbi, you were saying that the film The Woman King was a bit misleading. Yeah, now I'm, I'm going to put on my Steve Coakley hat for a minute. Okay. <laughs> Salute to the late great Steve Coakley. If you don't know who he is, y'all need y'all can't be in here. Check. So, you know, when 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 the movie was first being marketed, the trailer and everything, I said, OK, let me start going behind the scenes in this thing. There's three names that came up. The more I started digging, I'll read those three names to you. Maria Bello. Mm -hmm. Kathy Shulman. Dana Stevens. Dana Stevens, yeah. Mm -hmm. OK. All three of them are white. Bello, the idea came to her when she took a trip to Benin in 2015. Okay. Shulman has been an executive producer in Hollywood that is focused on uh, feminist issues and women's rights in Hollywood. Okay. Dana Stevens is actually the one who wrote the screenplay, even though they mention uh, Blythewood as being the, the, the co-screenplay writer. Co-screenplay, yeah. Okay. So I'm looking at this like, okay, so why would three white women be the architects of a movie? And from my research, the main character, Viola Davis, is fictional. Okay, not to mention the fact, and this is what we were talking about uh, back in the green room. So when Viola Davis and her husband was catching hell over this movie, I mean, from all directions, none of these three women came out and defended Davis, nor were they even asked to make a statement about the controversy, which I thought was very interesting. Oh, they didn't get the Kylie Irving treatment. Oh, there's a reason for that. There's there's a reason for that though. Okay. And I and and, and you know what I, you know I shot you know salute to them for writing the screenplay, but the debate the debate came from black people, right? And quite honestly, if I was a white person, I wouldn't want to get into a debate with black people about slavery. You know what I mean? Like the discussion was was the discussion was, and this is this is this is the critique. The critique was the movie did not deal with the issue of slavery, even though it did. Right. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the debate was a lot of people were hating on the movie that a lot of them didn't see because they felt that they were saying that they, they were kind of like not really discussing slavery. And they were. I wouldn't if I was a white person, I wouldn't want to get in that discussion. Hell nah. Fuck that. I'm not going to get in that discussion. Like, that's not what the movie is. How would we have treated them? You'd be like, well, you better get the hell up out of here with that. You know what I'm saying? So I don't right. blame them. And I, and, and I had some I had some white. I had some white comrades who were like, yo, I, you know, like, I want to defend a movie, but you know what I'm saying? I'm white. And I'm like, I feel you stay over there. Like, yeah, you, you right. Like, don't, don't, don't come over here. You know, I appreciate the fact that you wanted to defend the movie, but you know, it's a discussion that I don't think we, you know, 
we don't want you in. And that was that's the debate came from black people, right? The issue came from black people, and I think that was a discussion we need. That's a discussion we need to have. Who was right. involved with the slave trade, and who wasn't, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, that's a discussion we need to have, right? Um, yeah. And I'm glad that the debate was brought up uh, because the movie actually dealt with it, right? The movie actually indicts Europeans. It indicts Europeans, right? Mm-hmm. And they, and there was a there was a, there's, even, there's even a European in the movie who says, "Yo, look, I'm not I'm, I don't really get down with this, but if if you, if you don't sell to me." Somebody else from Europe is gonna come over here and buy from y'all. You know what I mean? Even he says it. He's like, I don't, I don't really get down with this, but this is, this is what, is, this is what it is. It is what it is. So he, he, even the white dude blames white supremacist capitalist patriarchy, right? Even he indicts it when he brings that up. And I was like, oh wow. And it's like every time the debate came up with the king, right? Um, um, every time it came up, they were like, look, maybe we should, maybe we should focus on palm oil. And they're like, we're not gonna make no money in palm oil. The money is in slaves. You know what I mean? That was right. a, that was a European economic system. They bought mm. that to the rest of the world, and that movie clearly indicts white people. I'm trying. So when I when I hear people with these critiques, I'm like, what movie did you watch? Because that's not what the discussion was about. The discussion was indicting white people on slavery, and I, and I just don't. In every literally every debate they had, they bought that. Right. Up. I was just like, wow, you know, it was crazy. Yeah, I- I think it's kind of funny that as soon as you make this point, Conrad disappeared. Well, he <laughs> he just did. <laughs> bad, I, think, I think he was on my team. I think he's on my team. Where'd you go? Conrad is on my team, right? Yeah. Conrad is on my team. Oh, oh, it's it's about to get deep. Oh, All right, yeah. so uh, welcoming to the Get On Code show. Oh. Queen, I've been trying to get on the show for a minute. Conrad's wifey. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's Andrea Shezventer now. Dixon Shezventer. All right. All right. So, so, yeah. All right. So, yeah, it's going to get kind of spicy. But, Conrad, you did dip when uh, Danny got uh, pro black. <laughs> <laughs> I understood my role. He's like, white boy out. <laughs> Conrad out. Uh, he's like, hey, this is an unallied discussion. Um. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm gonna and I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna say this. Shout out to Viola Davis because she didn't even address it either. You know what I mean? And rightly so, because a lot of the critiques were coming from people who didn't watch the movie. You know what I mean? There was a lot of people that I was running out there that was lying about the movie. And when I went to see the movie, I was like, whoa, did we the day you edit the movie before I came to see it? Because I didn't see it opening weekend. I saw it the weekend after. So I was like, did they change everything in the movie? Because from what everybody was telling me, they were saying that it wasn't doing that. That it was it was really, it was glossing over the concept of slavery. And I was just like, really? Because every every character, every character was affected by slavery in a particular way. Even the king. Even the king. The king said, my, my mom got sold into slavery. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was affected by it or they had a hand in it. So I, so every every character they introduced literally tell you what their connection to slavery was. And when I say slavery, I mean chattel slavery, mm-hmm. right? They told you what their connection to it was and how they got to where they were. And then they had a debate. And I was just like, every dialogue is about this debate, right? And mm-hmm. I was like, so where are these people getting this idea that they're not talking about slavery? And I just don't get it. 
All right, I saw many head roll there, Andrea. Did you have something you wanted to drop? <laughs> no, um, I, would. <laughs> I, I like to, in debates, I like to write things down. So I was writing uh, mm. everything down. But also, um, for me, when I watched the movie, and as the only female on the panel, um, it was very empowering. It was, of course, we're going to have, of course, there is the untold rule when it comes to Hollywood that Hollywood has this license to be able to take what might be factual and then spin it to be entertaining. Mm -hmm. You know that when it comes to Hollywood. Yep. But as you were saying, when it, when it comes to the pushback on the woman king, I found it very interesting that, like you were saying, one of the things that were coming up was that it, doesn't, it didn't speak about slavery. When the entire movie from beginning to end discussed slavery. In fact, the ending scene, if you didn't see it already, I'm going to spoil it for you, is slave boats coming up on the shore and these women standing there with weapons in their hand ready to defend their people and themselves against this European horde. No offense, honey. But this European, European horde. <laughs> but it, 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 it was always part of it. It was, it was even the bad guys the bad guys motive operandi was to continue on with the slave trade because it made money. It was always about that. And for me, I enjoyed the woman cake. I yep. like having the dichotomy of a woman in films. The main character, she is strong, she's a leader, but she's also weak. She's also a mother. She's also a woman who is trying to protect her country and it is something that is enduring. She has friends. She has individuals that she really cares about. And I appreciated that. And I loved it. I loved the movie. And oh, I want to add it, one more thing. I it did have that. Okay. That okay. I go think ahead. everybody else missed, right? Because the other debate people were saying was, oh, they have a woman as a king. And I was like, no. Um, the, in the beginning, they worshiped, they worshiped the Ibeji gods, the twin gods of the Yoruba. Right. Mm -hmm. And the twin gods of the Yoruba, it's a woman and a man. And that means equality. Right. So. So. So it wasn't that she was going to be the woman king. She was going to rule with the king equally. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because just yeah. like the story of the Ibeji, the Ibeji is a, those are the gods from the Yoruba. They twins. You know what I mean? And everybody don't get me wrong. They only mentioned the name twice. But everybody right. missed that. And I was like, no, she's not being elevated to be the king. She's going to be she's a Ibeji. She's the other twin. He wasn't going to marry her. He was going to make her a monarch with him. That's why his wives were mad. Mm -hmm. That's why his yeah. wives are mad. Because he used to yeah. be a big dumb queen. He was like, no, no, I'm going to make her. You know what I mean? Because she put in the work. So she just liked to, for the for the thing, for the Ibeji. And I was like, oh, that's so deep. But everybody missed that part, too. And I was just yeah. like. Yeah. I if, if you didn't understand that part of the culture, you, right. know, you really thought. Because the king is actually the stool. It's the seat. Thank it's the you. position. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, this is the woman in that position. And I, I had that conversation with a number of people. Um, side note, his other wife was bad, boy. Yeah, yeah, his, his harem, his harem, they were gorgeous. Let me say, whoever did the makeup over there, whoever did the makeup, they were, they were, yo, all the women in here. Yeah. What I was going to say was, I really did appreciate the respect the king gave to her. Yeah. He treated her, yes, as a subordinate, but also his equal. 
he was trying to get her to be able to be a part of the monarchy yes. the entire film. Yes. Yes. And that I appreciated. Yes. I also actually appreciated that bad bitch y'all talking about being a crazy one too. Yeah, I also I also appreciated that. Yo, she, she was, was crazy beautiful. fun. She, she was, was crazy, crazy fun. No, but I wouldn't even say I wouldn't even say she was not part of the game. I wouldn't even say she was crazy. It's just it's just politics, right? That you want as a queen, you want your child to become the king, right? Because that that, that that's how you maintain your power. So her trans tra her trans him transferring the power over to her and raising it equally knocks her out of the access to the monarchy. You know what I'm saying? So, so she, so she's a politician. You know, she's a politician. She was acting as a politician, and I think a lot of people didn't miss that dynamic as well with his court. I mean, they could have they could have been more elaborate with it, but there was that's all political jockeying, which we also see in in Wakanda Forever. All of that is geopolitics. It's all geopolitics. The issue between Wakanda and um and um Talokan is all geopolitics, and I really appreciated that both movies got into that. You know. With the central villain being, um, you know, white colonizers. Again. It is. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Admittedly so. And they admit it several times in the movie. Yep. Mm -hmm. Historically <laughs> accurate, though. Yeah, it's very historically accurate. Yeah. Yep. yep. All right. All right. So, Zumbi, I know that you had some other concerns with the film. I know you haven't seen it. Well, no, you saw The Woman King. You hadn't seen Wakanda forever. But you had some other Steve Coakley-ism concerns. So you'll drop those, uh, Steve, drop that uh, beautiful bean footage, bro. Go ahead. What was the issue? Okay. Um, and, and I'm going to tie it back to the first uh, Black Panther. How the hell do you make the CIA boy the hero when we know what the history has been between the CIA and Africa? Okay. Let's, let's, let's just deal with that. Because well, if you go in Wakanda forever, they deal with it. Okay, but, but they, what they, I'm saying, they, they literally deal with it. They he goes to jail. But 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 what my my whole point is is this because I'm kind of you know doing some research into this whole thing about Hollywood's relationship with the CIA, and I'll yeah. get to that later. Okay, but my whole point, and really for this whole dialogue, is who's telling your story. And what agenda are they trying to put out? Because if we don't tell our story our way, then you get, lack of a better term, you get the kind of fuckery that we begin to see coming out of Hollywood now. Okay. So I'm I'm a I'm a little edgy when people who don't look like me start trying to tell my story my way. And another thing, everybody wants to talk about the origin of the Black Panther comic, and you can look this up. Uh, Jack Kirby, for those who are in the comic book world, okay, he is the, or he was the illustrator. Uh, the best analogy I can make about Jack Kirby, Jack Kirby is the comic book illustrating as Rakim is the emceeing, to give you an analogy. Okay. Okay. Jack Kirby, and he said this himself, Jack Kirby served in World War II, and there was a segregated battalion that served under the leadership of General George S. Patton, referred to as Patton's Panthers. Panthers, yeah. Yep. Okay. A tank brigade. And, 
And there's a book out uh, that has the same title, Patents Panthers. And it actually shows you the symbol um, of of the panther, which it doesn't look like the one that came out of Mm -hmm. Lowndes County that became the symbol for the panthers in Oakland. But it was basically a a panther head, kind of similar to the Thundercats. Okay, so so we have to understand history, who is behind things and what is the purpose of them doing that? So that's why I said for me, I'm a little edgy when people who don't look like me try to tell my story, be it fictional or otherwise. Hmm. And let me say this. Let me say this. And Jack I want Curry you to hit this. I want once you finish that point. Jack, I want Jack you Curry to. Did, Jack Kirby created most of the Marvel characters we see on the screen. That was a good That's a fact, too. right? Mm. But the but the the Black Panther we see on the screen is not his is not his iteration. It's Christopher Priest's iteration and Reginald Hudlin's iteration, right? Reginald okay. Hudlin, who used to be the CEO of BET, right? He, that's his iteration. Um, okay. Same thing with Namor. Namor was, was was actually the first Marvel character on the Marvel comics, as Marvel used to be Timely Comics, right? But that Namor that we see in the TV screen, right? That's not the Namor from the comic books. He's not, you know what I'm right. saying? And and Ryan Coogler rewrote it and he did his damn thing. He put his foot in it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, are you right. about, so like, are you talking about uh, so same, thing, the, uh, same thing with um, same thing with um, I'm trying to think of another character. There's several characters that the Falcon was created by a white person. A matter of fact, his origin is real funny because of Red Skull using to fight Captain America. It's real funny. But the Falcon we see on the screen was an iteration by a black by a black person. So a lot of these characters, yeah, they're they're created by white. That's a fact. That's everybody knows that. That's anybody that's a, anybody that's worked in comic book knows that. But the ones we see on the screen <laughs> are taken. The stories are taken from black people. You know what I mean? Watch Falcon in the Winter because let me tell you right now, when people ask me what Black Panther run to read, I never say Don McGregor or Jack Kirby. I say Christopher Priest, Reginald Hudlin, Tommy Heesey Coates. Those are the three that I tell them to read. Mm-hmm. When they ask me about Namor, I'll be like, don't read none of Namor shit because all that shit is black. You know, so like, <laughs> you know, so I, I, I direct them, I tell you, if you ask me, I'm going to tell you where to go. You know, so same thing with Miles Morales. You know, I'm going to tell you to read uh, Saladin Ahmed's run on it. You know what I'm saying? Not Brian Michael Bendis. You know, so uh, right. yeah, so I, I, 100%. I, I, I agree with you, um, Zumbi. I love that name. That's my, my middle son's middle name. Um, mm. You know, I you know I agree with you, Zumbi. Um, like, yeah, we should always question that. We should always, always question that. But Ryan Coogler wrote Black Panther 1 and co-wrote Part 2. So he knew what he was doing, you know. Okay, Dan, I want you to respond, and then we'll go round robin. I saw Andrew raise her hand, so that means you got to go first. Um, but I do want Dominique's question to be answered. So, okay. if you're gonna go first, Andrea, if you can tap into Dominique's question, how do you feel? How do you feel about the MCU introducing more black characters? Needed. Um, yeah, it is needed. Um, I always go back. I know it's old, but I always go back to that. Um, uh, it was the um conference they had with Puff Daddy, the was it Vault what is it called? The Vulture well whatever. Killer Mike was on the on the conference. He was talking about how if black people were are 15% of the population, then they should be 15% of everything. And that is that is the actual essence of equity. If equity and equality. If we are part of the population then we should be a part of 15% of all the things that are created in Hollywood. 
and or any other thing, economics, construction, things of that nature. And for me, having more Black characters in the MCU is inevitable. It's kind of odd to me to have decades and decades and decades of comic books and not include any of the other people in the population of the world included into it. How do you have every superhero be Caucasian when they're all the minority in the world? It's kind of weird, you know? Um, so that's how I see it for me. Um, in addition to that, I also want to, to elaborate on the Hollywood effect. A lot of times individuals look at TV and social media and movies and they incorporate that within themselves because they reflect on them. It's kind of going back to the characters. You see people on screens, you resonate, and you feel more connected. But we also have to understand Hollywood does not really care about inclusion. They care about money. The most important color in America is always going to be green. So the reason why you were seeing Black Panther is because there was a monetary reason for them to be able to include it. It was it was the internet saying, we like this character. If you make a movie, we'll go see this character. The movie made a lot of money. Over billions. And then they made the new movie. And they included it in Civil War and all these other things because it was about the monetary gain. And Black Panther was not resonating in the internet. And Black Panther, the movie, one, bombed. You would not see Black Panther, too. That would have never happened. And it's, it's, we have to, I think it's very important for us to differentiate between the monetary gain of movie companies and corporations and what they really want to actually do in society. They're not interested in Black characters. They're interested in Black characters as long as they make money. If they don't make money, they don't go on screen. Yeah, Black Stories brought to you by Disney. Excuse me. They don't. They really don't. Dan, Dan, what's your thoughts? Uh, what do you feel about you know the MCU introducing more black characters? To be honest with you, I think it's interesting. No, it's about time. You know, as a as a as somebody who's been reading comic books since I was four years old, I'm 49, and someone who's you know who's raised my kids on comic books, and my you know my kids grew up going to comic cons all over the country. Um, my kids, my kids and I cosplay. I get my students involved. Like I've been a comic book head for, you know, that's how what I start. That's how I started reading. Um, then you know it's about time. I'm a consumer. You know, um, most you know most black people I mess with, most black and brown people I mess with are into comic books and do the same thing I do. Um, it's about time. You know, we're cause we're consumers of this medium, and it's about time. You you better you better you know what I'm saying. So like you better give us black and brown characters. You know Kamala Khan. And Miss Marvel, that was a dope series on Disney Plus. That was really fucking dope. You know, like yes, I want to see. I I want to see a Riri Williams Disney Plus. Yes, I collect. I got all the I got all the runs on that one. So let's go. Like it's about time. You know. And you know, again, like I remember when Miles Morales first came out, and I y'all remember right? And um, he looked like my son Zumbi when they drew him. Originally drew him, um, Sarah Pacelli from Italy when she was drawing him. He looked just like my son. I used to post pictures of it on, on, you know, with my son next to it. And people was like, damn, he do look like Miles Morales. And I'm like, yeah, it's about time that they see 
my baby see these characters, you know, you know, um, because there was a time, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, my, my, I'm almost an empty nester. So I remember a time and Seiko could, Seiko could tell you that shout out to his late great mo mother. You know what I mean? Mama Varner, who's an ancestor, love you. She was a storyteller. You know what I mean? And my children love being around her when she used to tell stories. But we we used to always look for books with, you know, with black people in it, you know, storybooks. And back then it was very hard to find. You had to like dig. So, you know, shout out to all the black owned bookstores, the late great brother, the George, you know, positive vibes bookstore. We used to, Hey, they got this over here. And then Seiko would tell me and then I would pass it along. And, but now it's everywhere and it's about time. It's about time. Hmm. Hey, Zumbie, what are your thoughts on it, man? Are you in the comic books? Yeah, I, I was. And I guess I'll take a different approach. Um, I remember starting in 1990, going probably into 1995, where there was a huge explosion of independent comic books and heroes like Shadowhawk. And uh, in fact, if you remember the singer Amel LaRue, her and her husband actually created a futuristic uh, animation that was internet based on Kemet. So basically, they just took Kemet. And made it futuristic. Okay. I remember that. I remember that. It was dope. I remember that. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I I'm of the school where I've taken a position where I am no longer supporting Marvel slash Disney, DC slash Time Warner, Image, or Dark Horse. Because I feel that with the technology that's out now and with the uh catalog of African mythology that we have, I'm not gonna sit here and wait for multinational corporations to give me what I can give myself through independent graphic graphic novels. Okay, Ooh. so Ooh. I'm Ooh. not, so personally, I don't give a rat's ass what Marvel or DC puts out because I'm on that position of, at what point do we teach our children to create our own based on the African mythological catalog that we already have? And I'm going to mention another guy that I'm sure everybody on the panel knows, Joseph Campbell. Okay, you, you got to tell us why you rang up Joseph Campbell. Okay. And by the way, and we're speaking with the author of the Gospel of Afronomics Theology, yes. good brother, brother ministry, Zumbi Shawala. Uh, okay. Talk talk about uh, Campbell. Talk about Joseph Campbell. Okay, Joseph Campbell was considered the preeminent world authority on world mythology. In fact, he served as a mentor to George Lucas in exactly. putting together the Star Wars series. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. What? He was his college professor. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, he was his college professor. Yeah, and his mentor. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's okay. Go. So so in what. Joseph Campbell is known for is a concept that he pulled out of studying various mythologies around the world called the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the hero's journey, some say it's eight steps. Others say it's 12 steps. Okay. But if we take the hero's journey and we apply it to our own African mythological catalog, how many graphic novel series, how many animation series that we can put out of our own with the technology that exists today? 
I think that mm. has to be the dialogue and not sit up here and knock on the door of Disney and Time Warner saying, please include me in your universe. Yeah. Okay. Because at what point, and you know, like I said, like Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, do for self or suffer the consequences. And it seems like we're suffering some consequences now because we still expecting these multinational corporations to get right with God when their rise to power and their maintenance of that power came through the devil. Mm. Ooh. All right. So that's truly getting on code. Um, mm. So, so you're boycotting the MCU. Well, oh, they're, they're, done. They're, they're done. And see what, what I wish what would have happened. And I was praying for this after the first black Panther came out, I was hoping that there would have been an explosion of young African youth to say, I want to create my own. I'm not waiting for Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and all the rest of them. I'm going to be Stan Lee. I'm going to be Jack Kirby and create my own universe. Hasn't it happened? Yo, it, it, has, it, has. It, it, it actually it actually happened before Black Panther and it's, it's actually bigger now. And, and uh, again, I tell people, go to your local comic cons and you see all the brothers and sisters out there selling. I got I got mad stuff. I got mad, I got mad stuff that I buy. That's that's the first thing I do when I I'm probably the only person that goes to Comic Con to buy comics, first of all. But <laughs> everybody else goes for the cosplay. I'm like, everybody, I'm like, I can't buy comics any cheaper. But the first thing I, the first place I go to, I go to the creator's corner, and that's where you will find all these, you know, bootstrap mom and pop dudes and women right. that actually promote that. So one place I tell you to go, um, there's a comic book company called Black Mask. And um, they got the brother there. I forgot his name. He's writing this wonderful series, so good that they expanded and made it its own universe. Mm. And it's about how white people are trying to get superpowers and they can't. But when they when they experiment on black people, black people get the superpowers. Mm. So it's real, mm. it's a real ill, it's a real ill universe. And he keeps expanding it um, and expanding and expanding. And it's it's a it's amazing. Like the writing is great, the artwork is great. Um and it's under the it's under the black mask imprint imprint and his story is called the, the first version is called black um mm. it's a six issue series and he's continuing it and continuing it there it is right there um and it's just amazing and he's just one of many there's so much stuff out there that people are doing um and um you just have to you just you have to you have to go seek it because they don't have they don't have access to the same um you know promotions and media and all that as say the mcu or dcu does so you have to like actually um, look for them, but they're not too they're not too hard to find. Uh, listen to the podcast for all nerds. They got all the creators coming on there. Um, there's a lot of you know um, the blurred girl on TikTok. You can follow her. She's consistently bigging up people that do that. So and this has been going on. And, and anybody will tell you any of my any of my um, comic book plugs will tell you I'm always looking for for black and brown folks that are doing stuff. Yep, it's a Skiggy Airman comic. That's another one. That's a real good one. The artwork is great. The story is art. And it's just so many out there. Um, and, and what I like about comic books now is that you can get comic books about whatever you like. If you want to learn about, you know, middle-aged men that are becoming empty nesters, there's a comic book about that written by black men. You know what I'm saying? So it's all out there. You just got to look for it. Um, and I know a lot of times it gets caught up in the, you know, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be the first to admit when we, when, we, when we hang out with a bunch of geeks, we want to talk about the MCU. 
we want to talk about the DCU or not. I'll be the first to admit it. So that's probably our fault that we're not really promoting it like we should. Um, I know me personally, I give them away as gifts all the time. So especially to my students. Yeah, I remember <clears throat> seeing these folks uh, at the Comic-Con that happened here in Hampton, Virginia. Yeah, I got a yeah. chance to meet them. Um, cool. Yeah, Tuskegee Airs, Flames of Destiny. Yeah, yeah, cool. good stuff. So, I mean, so what else do people look for? And, you know, I, I like what you're talking about, Zumbi. I know we got to do for self. All of our prophets said that. All of our prophets said that. You know, uh, so Dan Trez, what, what else is out there? Oh. Okay, uh, sisters with afros. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know what I'm at. Um. <laughs> I'm, I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm at the wrong bookshelf. I should have been at the other bookshelf because I usually have stuff out here. Um, mm. This is all. So here it is. Here's the one I was talking about. You know. So like, yeah, like. I love it. Yeah. So there's a bunch of oh. stuff out there. I'm just not at the section. This is my Marvel section. And I should have been in the other bookshelf in the in the dining room, but um, I didn't have that. So I usually have all that stuff over there on display. So, but yeah, but there's a lot of stuff out there. I recommend go to your local comic shop. Um, the sister up in Philly just closed her her comic shop, Almagation Comics, which I'm mad and I never got a chance to visit. She just closed her spot up there, um, and she she had mostly independent and black owned um, comic books, um, create black creator owned stuff. So yeah, but um, you just have to go search, and you will find it. Go to your local Comic Con, um, or, or go to your local comic shop, and they will they will gladly point you in the right direction. So, well, I want to take this moment to uh, answer Dominique's question. Um, I became, you know, I'm one of those make mine Marvel, and I stole that from you, Dan Tres. Um, <laughs> but I became make mine Marvel because I saw Oro. And it blew me away. And I had never seen, you know, I was into Spider-Man. I was reading the Archie comic books. But when I saw Oro from the X-Men, it blew me away. And then I got into Luke uh, Luke Cage and Power Fist. And I was a real big fan of them. And, you know, then I started, you know, reading more about Luke Cage. And he had another series before Luke Cage and Power Fist, I found out. But it was, it was our characters that got me into the MCU. And so, you know, I'm born 68. I got into comics maybe around 76. Maybe around 76. So the X-Men, it really just kind of dropped. They dropped, what, like 71, 72? No, it was in the 60s. X-Men was in the 60s. Okay. okay. Now, the giant-sized X-Men was like 76. Like, the X-Men that has Wolverine, Colossus, and them, that was like, that came later. Mm. Yeah, that came later on. So that had Storm, you know, Aurora Monroe. You know that that came later, so that, that might be what you're referring to, right? That's yeah. so. I want to say, Dominique, it was it was characters of color, and I hate using that term. Uh, it was our characters that got me into the MCU. So the fact that they're bringing up even more now, it has me going back and saying, I gotta check this out because now Marvel valued me, but I also believe, like Zombie, that we definitely got to do for self. I agree. I agree. I agree 100%. We definitely got to do for self. Okay, and these characters that I'm showing on the screen now, for those who are watching the video and not just listening to the podcast version, these are from the Tuskegee Airs 
and these are some of the uh, characters on the Tuskegee era. So I I'm liking what I'm seeing. I'm glad, Dominic, that you shared this. Oh, okay. It kind of looks like uh, the rock with the tan, right? If the rock had a tan. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm digging this. I'm digging this. So back to the empowerment talk, because, you know, the Get On Code show was all yeah. about empowerment. Now that we've had Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, now that we've had the Woman King, what should we learn from this, and how should we change our communities? I think, I think for me, um, what I was hoping, and I know, again, I, I try not to put too much stake in in in, in Hollywood. Like I really, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a historian, right? I have a degree in history, right? So like, I, I don't expect Hollywood to teach anybody history. That's the first thing I tell people. Like, if you're going to, if you're expecting a movie to teach about about history then you're going about it the wrong way. Um, but I know that I thought that there would be more um, people diving into African traditional religions because of what they see in, in um, you know, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and in, and in The Woman King. I thought I would see more people delve into that because they bring up a lot of that in there, you know, you know, you know commemorating our ancestors, libations, you know, um, different pantheons of gods that we get, to, you know, where, where do they come from, right? Because Bas comes from the Egyptian pantheon, right? Um, so, like, I thought we, I would see more of that, but I don't. I don't see a lot of that. That's what I was hoping for. But I, you know, I could be wrong. There could be people delving into African traditional religions, um, you know, um, now as we speak, and I just don't know about it. But that's what I would like to see more of us doing. Uh, but I, I do love the fact that um, in Wakanda Forever, as they did in Black Panther, they talk about how we transition, how we don't really actually die. Right. Um, and, you know, the concept of the ancestral plane instead of this idea of heaven and hell, uh, which is not ours. Um, I would like to see us explore that more often and talk about that. Um, definitely, definitely. Um, again, to, to the late great Mama Varner and to Baba Eskia, um, um, two people that had a big influence on in my life. Um, and when I saw this movie, Wakanda Forever, I thought about them definitely um, and how I, I love how Letitia writes. We saw it go through the stages of grief, right? What's going with, you know, through her character building. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it shows that, you know, we had a collective grieving of Chadwick Boseman um, and how he is an ancestor. And we have to really talk about respecting our ancestors. We do. We really have to get to get back to that. But that's who we are. Right. That's that's who we are. Even she says it, you know, when the queen, when Queen Ramonda's, you know, the ancestral plane telling Letitia Wright, show them who we are. Right. <laughs> Show them who we are. And that's what I want to get into with, with General Zumbi is that we should be about justice and not vengeance. And what we saw in Wakanda Forever with Letitia Wright, when she had um, Namor dead to rights, she didn't do it just like T'Challa didn't do it in Winter Soldier uh, in Civil War when he had homie by the neck and he was going to kill him. And he's like, no, we want justice, not vengeance, because you shouldn't be consumed by vengeance. You know, and I think. Um, because a lot of times we think that the way to liberation is to be like our enemies and we shouldn't be that way. You know what I mean? Because if we really truly want to be liberated, we can't be like that. We should seek justice and not vengeance. Mm. Intriguing. Intriguing. I have noticed that since the release of Black Panther, that more of us are using the term ancestor. It's become more publicly acceptable to use the term ancestor. I'm hearing it when I go to churches. 
You know, I actually had a conversation with, uh, you know, the minister of the church that I attend and we were bringing up ancestors and I was saying, yeah, it looks like, you know, people, you know, Christians are becoming a lot more comfortable with the term. And he was like, I don't know, you know, it's not biblical. I said, it is biblical. And I said, so, you know, there's a portion in the Bible when Yeshua is, is on top of the hill and who comes and talks with him? He's like, oh, he's visited. Uh, yep, he was visited by who? Moses, Elijah, and I can't think who the other ancestor was. Um, so in the Bible, Yeshua, Jesus, gets visited by ancestors. And look, he had his homeboys down you know, a little further in the valley, and they fell asleep in the story in the Bible. And so they fell asleep. And when they wake up, they see Yeshua talking to these three ancestors, and they're like, oh, yo. Yeshua, should we go get some food for them? You know, should, should we get something for them to drink? So it's really interesting that even in the canonized Bible, there's a story where there's an ancestral return and messages before Yeshua, you know, starts on his final, his final journey, the final part of his journey, similar to when they take the flower or the, they take the, the liquid from that leaf and they get a chance to go back to the ancestral plane and communicate and have commune with ancestors to give them information for their final journey. Because of Black Panther, I think that we become a little more comfortable with the concept of ancestors. Mm. Yeah. I, have to, I have to agree with that. I have to agree with that. Yeah. So, Zumbi, man, what lesson, you know, what empowerment lesson? shall we be getting from what Disney's putting out, what Sony's putting out? Tell your story before your enemy does. Because if you don't tell it, somebody else will, and you may not like the plot. The old African adage of <laughs> until lions become uh, until lions become historians, the hunter is always the hero. And we've got to get out of this nasty habit of expecting others to tell the truth about us. We got to stop that, people. Okay? If you want the truth told, you tell it. It's not Hollywood's responsibility to tell the truth about you. Weren't they the ones who created the stereotypes going back into the 1930s? Weren't they the ones who created Birth of a Nation and you're expecting them to be honest about us? Okay, okay. Uh, as as usual, as per the course of action, Zumbi drops it. <laughs> you know. Hey, um, hey Zumbi or Dan Trez, uh, any information on this image that I have on the screen? That's is that that's supposed to be the um Akoji, right? Right. That's the Akoji, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I don't have I don't have anything else other than that. Like I don't know, I don't know, I don't know who did the painting. I don't know who's the artist behind that. All right, but uh just to give a little historical reference on the Akoji. Who me? Yeah, yeah, This is your round, bro. Yeah, the Akoji, the Akoji were the actual king's guard. That that was like their that was like their job, the King's Guard. And and I hate to oh, I hate to use this analogy, but think of them like the Secret Service. They the Secret Service doesn't only just protect the president, they also do 
law enforcement. They do uh, they, they capture fugitives. They train special forces. They train with special forces. They do special secret missions. And they they did the same thing, you know, at the king's at the king's behest. So they only answered to the king. They didn't answer to the general. They didn't answer to like the commander of the armed forces. They didn't answer to anybody but the king. They followed orders only from the king. So um, they did a whole bunch of things outside of protecting the royal family. Um, and yes, they were involved with the slave trade. They were they were active, active participants in the slave trade um, on several levels. So that's where the discussion and the debate was from. Um, and and the Dahomey is located in West Africa. Um, and they and the Dahomey actually are the ancestors of the people of Haiti and the Dominican Republic. So, yes, they are. Some of them are my ancestors. So um, and they were later on, the Dahomey were later on taken over by the Yoruba, of which, what is now Nigeria. That's why if you go to the Dahomey now, um, they speak Yoruba, which is Benin and Togo. Benin and Togo is where they at now. What the Dahomey is now was is now Benin and Togo. So, yep. And that's why I asked you to give the information on that, bro. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting that uh, Marvel has already dropped the, the figurines. Mm. Now, if somebody wants to buy me a uh, a Shuri or a Nakia, a Nakia figurine for the holidays, I, I got I you, say, man. I got you. Thank you right. for telling me that. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. I'm just hoping that they don't make them life size. That uh, that, that would be <laughs> <a chance. laughs> All right. Hey, hey, any last thoughts? We were talking today about empowerment. We've been talking about the Woman King. We've been talking about Wakanda Forever and Black Panther. And we talked about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We also brought up D the DC Cinematic Universe. DC. That still to me seems like weird. That it's yeah. It's wrong. It's, yeah. It's weird to me. But any last thoughts on empowerment? I go do. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Your question um, what we should learn from both the movies. Oh, I didn't let you talk. Yeah. I am sorry. Okay, hey, look, um, publicly apologizing. Well, we're saving the best for last. We're saving the best for last. Oh, yeah, oh, good save, good save, good save. Good save. Um, so for me, um, sorry. So for me, um, I would say what we should learn is a collective work of responsibility. All right. Something that both those movies did have as one of their core understandings. Um, Jama, yeah. Mm -hmm. We also have to. Um, under, we have to do more research as people. I understand that when we got here, if you're like Edo's person, when you got here, your whole history was shared for you. But that was then. This is now. We have to be able to take responsibility as individuals to start doing our own research and start looking into our cultural history. If that requires a DNA test, if that requires going through your family tree, it's time for us to actually go back as far as we can and find out where we're from. Find out what our cultural habits are, what our cultural, what we came from as much, as much as we can so that we can be able to continue those traditions for ourselves and for our children and so forth and so on. Um, another thing we have to be able to do is understand and respect cultural traditions. I'm so happy you put that up there because that's exactly what I was thinking about. 
the process. Like you were oh, you were thinking about how beautiful uh, Angela Bassett is. I, oh, oh, no, you weren't talking gorgeous. about that. Oh, she's always beautiful. <laughs> um, but <laughs> bow down. So what I was also thinking about is the tradition of, in our culture, um, I read the, oh gosh, you have to forgive me because I forgot the author. But um, I just finished the third version of the African-American psychology. I read the first version and the third version. And in that, we talk. it talks about how we have to understand our culture. And one of the things they talk about is time. And what time for us is not linear. We don't think of time as we have to take and give. We understand that it is something outside of ourselves. And when it gets done, it gets done. And this is an ongoing, everlasting process. This is something that we have had forever and the fact that they did that in the movie i really do appreciate particularly for the culture that we have in america and the issues that we do have in regards to the circumstances around ourselves the ongoing ptsd or ptss or whatever you want to call it we have this foreshadowing of shortened futures this this consistent issue with death that's not our thing. That's not our thing. We understand that when you leave this plane, you go into another. And it's constantly churning, constantly moving. There is no such thing as death. It's just another realm. We've understood it as a people forever. and But we've gotten mixed up in this, no offense, honey, European ideas. And so we have that concept. And the fact that they did that in the movie, not once, but but twice. And in Moon Knight. And, but twice. And in Moon Knight. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. Should, yes, they referenced it, yeah. We should start to get back to who we truly are, which means we need to get back to our cultures. Find out your traditions and your people. Everybody has different things within, I mean... Africa is so great and vast, but you have to be able to get back to your traditional people and your traditional things that you do. But one thing is consistent. We are not about our master's business. Let's just say that. We should not be about our master's business. We should be about our business. And what's happening a lot of times now is we are about our master's business. I'm pointing to you because you're white. I'm sorry, honey. But we are about our master's business. Yo, Karen, you Sorry. should charge. You should charge her a dollar every time she says no. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. At the end of this conversation, she owes you five dollars. <laughs> we should be about our business, and we should be about the things that are going to increase our spiritual, mental, emotional, financial. Building. If that's not the case, that's not our business. We are about our business. And um, that's what I got to say. Good work. I want to I want to add on. Oh, um, <laughs> OK. Didn't see that. That was a Hallmark card. <laughs> <laughs> they pushing their agenda. OK. Um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Kiss from the colonizer. Are you the colonizer? Colonizer. 
Sorry. All right. Thank you, my husband. I apologize. All right, but yo, Danny, Danny got something serious to say, yeah. and I messed it no, up. No, no, no. Um, because I was gonna say I want to piggyback it off what the sisters said. There's a book edited by Dr. Sheena Howard called Why Wakanda Matters, and it deals with literally what she just talked about. Literally everything she just said. You know, trauma, psychology, all of that, racial drama, all of that. It talks about Killmonger and how he represents who we are. Like. She gets into that. It's written by different authors. She just edited So I highly recommend Why Wakanda Matters. I'm telling you. She covers all of that. Um, you know, since everybody's been enamored by this woman king thing, if you really want to study a true woman king, go study Queen Nanny. Go study in Zynga. Queen Yasantiwa, Harriet Tubman, Ida B. Wells Barnett, mm. all the way down to Asada Shakur. And, and, and I'm going to say this, you know, I always hear these feminists talking about how they're, they're, they're down for the sisterhood. I sat in a room with a bunch of white feminists and I says, where were you when Asada Shakur was attempting to be extradited from Cuba back to the US. I didn't see Gloria Steinem. I didn't see any of the other uh, flunkies that got produced from the feminist movement standing up for Asada Shakur or Erica Huggins. Okay. So, so if we want to study some real women kings, let's crack some history books and, and put Hollywood down for a change. I will say All this. Right. I will say one thing. Sojourner Truth already already told us what these white women was about long ago. If you did not remember that, then that's when you because uh, ain't not a woman. I mean, the same. Like two, two, two things. Two things. Feminism is not informed by white women at all. All the <laughs> feminists, all the feminists I fuck with are black women. And there is a movie about Queen Nzinga, um, called Nzinga, Queen of Angola, that came out in 2013 from Brazil. Um, it's in it's in Portuguese though, so but it's really good. It's really good. So um, yeah, if you want to see a movie, if you if you know, I know a lot of people don't like to read books, but if you want to see a movie uh, by <laughs> Queen Zenga, it was came out two thousand thirteen. It's a really good movie. It's in Portuguese though. Um, shout out to my Brazilian folks. Shout out to my Caporistas out there. Um, yeah, so definitely check it out. Well, you know, it comes down to this. There's some stuff that we got to push off the stage. So let's do this. But I think. That's what we gotta do. That's right. <laughs> and and hey, hey, Crumb, tell them, Crumb, tell them, Crumb. Family, this is not the get along game where everybody. We're all gonna go. We not playing that kumbaya game where everybody gets a trophy. No, 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 no. That's right. Can't get a trophy. You can't and, win with us. It's not happening. And, and next time you schedule this, Seiko, make sure you do it after I have my hair cut. Because you always schedule this thing right before I get my hair cut. That's why I'm wearing a hat today. You always, I look crazy in all your videos because you always get me like two days before I got to get my hair cut, man. All right. All right. Hey, look, I have um, a quick commercial I got to do. And then I just want us to all shout out where people can find this. So uh, quick commercial. One time in the so-called African-American community. Six times in the Latino community and nine times in the Asian community. 
In white neighborhoods, money circulates an unlimited amount of time. The HR Green Book will have listings from our businesses and others. So let's say that you're with Garrett Real Estate, one of the uh, 200 plus men, all right? Or um, my good queen from Hampton University, Chandra Patterson. You know, you can find mentoring programs like the Golden Fold Mentoring Program in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, you can find juice bars. So we have a number of categories and the categories are growing every day. And we wanna make sure that we can make our money circulate, make our money circulate. All right. So, hey, uh, that's just a little bit about the HR Green Book, one of the new initiatives that I'm involved in. It's going to be it is a collective an online and cell phone collective of our businesses here in the Hampton Roads area. So, Dan Trez, next time you come back to HR, we come back to the 757. You can find all of our businesses on the HR Green Book dot com and the cell app i mean the cell phone app will be available in january i don't need to i know where they all at man i already know i know everybody <laughs> i already know everybody so i just hey, gotta it's a plug. whole it's yeah. a whole bunch since you left man yeah. it's mm. not, I, i'm gonna find out as soon as i go to the next one i still look we all word of mouth man that's how we did it back in the day we're still gonna do it today right yeah and the word of mouth is hrgreenbook.com that's hrgreenbook.com <laughs> check it out hey and you can list your business for free you can list your organization for free. You can list your professional information for free. So we know where you are. We know how to get to you. We know how to make sure our money circulates stronger and longer. Dan Trez, last words, good brother. Um, Just uh, peace. Um, You know, it's been a while since I've been here. Thank you for bringing me back. Um, And I know there's a lot of people that, that transitioned since last we spoke. So I just want to once again salute to the late great Bobby Baba Askia and the late great Mama Varner, just, you know, I wish we had more people like them on the planet because I know they made, I, I'm going to just say this, um, um, Seiku, your family has always made me and my family feel welcome, love. Um, and I remember being a young family man and they were really like encouraging. They were very encouraging. Like, Hey man, you, you're doing the right thing. You know what you're doing. Your mom, especially your dad, um, salute to them. And then Baba Skia too. So he really, as a, as a dad, your dad and um, Bobby Skier really like put it on, put me on. You know what I mean? So, yep. So I just want right. to shout them out. You can find me on all your platforms. Just Google Dan Trez on me and you'll find me. Dan Trez on me from the uh, Where My Killer Tape At podcast. Uh, he's actually the brother that got me involved in podcasting, man. And I, I salute and I thank you for all the work you've done for the culture. Uh, Minister Zumbi, man, we're going to save you for last. We're going to say you for last because we're going we're gonna to drop it. Uh, Conrad, Conrad and Andrea. Conrad has the Beach Brothers show and does some stuff in the beach. Um, but I'm telling you, they do some good stuff. They do some good stuff. So, like, for instance, we recently had a uh, election here in the Hampton Roads area. And this design for our city council palm card, you know, Andrea was, you know, instrumental and foundational in developing these and so what we've developed are strategies when you you know that candidate shows up at your house you know what i'm talking for you andrea <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead and drop the juice what does this do andrea well yes when the candidate shows up shows uh, up at your house knocking on your door and they give you their spill you say well that's wonderful well what are you gonna do with these agenda items 
the black community needs to be able to incorporate their power on agenda because there are specific things that affect all of us regardless of your economic status this is a ethnic status and we need to be able to use that collective work and responsibility and be able to utilize these things so it talks about the how to rectify issues that have affected the black community specifically it also talks about how to empower the black community specifically and these things are uh what you would rebut to a candidate coming to your door and if they're not willing to do it then you say you know what thank you very much for crossing my threshold but i'm not giving you my vote and if enough people say that to a candidate or candidates then they will be able to adjust their agenda absolutely another great thing that you've been instrumental in is creating these report cards and this is an example of the report card for the city of norfolk this is uh virginia beach and you know, we pulled together a criteria by which we're judging our elected officials. This is my podcast to get on code show. Uh, hey, listen on Apple. You can find it wherever you find your podcast. And now to the man of the hour, our great author on the show, the uh, Minister Zumbi, author of Gospel Afronomics Theology. Uh, tell us a little bit about your book, bro. This book is about 23 years of personal research and uh, experience in business. Uh, it is also what I call a black economic blueprint for the 21st century and beyond. Uh, I'm already in the works for an expanded edition, which hopefully I'll have ready by this coming year. Uh, some of the things I'll address in it, and we talk about this at the end of the show, uh, one being a $20 revolutionary, where every African person commits him or herself to making a $20 purchase each week from a Black-owned business. We also talk about cultural tithing, where we take a dime out of every dollar and we give it to an African-centered institution. Okay. And then finally, your favorite is being a cop. I had to change the letters a little bit basically being a creator, owner, and protector of your content as well as your intellectual property because Ooh. that is the new real estate for the 21st century and beyond. Okay, okay. So, uh, Code Keepers, you know, we did it. We did another one. And this time, we took Marvel, we took Sony, we wrapped it all up, and we found ways to make our lives more empowered. So, go out there, do some better things make some better things, create some better things. And you know, I'm going to say Zumbi, drink your water. <laughs> hey, hey. We love y'all. Peace. Yo, that was a great